This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. AM 740. It's The Garden Show with uh, Charlie Dobbin. Robbie Lane filling in for Frank Proctor. And uh, Charlie, this is the first time we've worked together. This is going to be nice. This is pretty exciting, eh? Yeah, for me. And it's a whole different voice. I'm used to having Frank, my sous chef of the garden, just so we're clear, right? Yes, I know exactly. You're the under sous chef. Uh, He told me that. (laughs) He made that very clear, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have to get into a little bit about your gardening experience and, you know, what kind of gardening you like to do. That'll take a second. I was going to say. I'm sure you love to get down and dirty one way or the other. Well, I do. Well, there you go. So we'll, we'll get get to that in a second. But just a couple of important things to mm-hmm. let people know right off the bat. The numbers to call. Yes, definitely. Local number 416-360-0740. That's obviously in the Toronto calling area. Toll free anywhere across the province. one 740 Now, one of the things Frank usually does is he'll tell people the mantra just because sometimes people do try to sneak in you know extra questions one question per caller that's right and the call early call often part of that is call early so that you don't just get a busy signal when you call or get left on hold at the end because sometimes that happens to people and i know it's frustrating i do get some emails and if we get a minute i'll get to some of the emails as well if you'd like to email my first initial c last name dobbin so c d o b b i n at am740.ca. Hey, what do you think about this Rogers 949 uh, aspect of AM740? Have you checked that out at all? I have. And, you know, I think it's a great idea because the reach now for the station is much, much more than it ever has been. I mean, it's a pretty big, strong signal anyway. That's right. But at least with Rogers, it's digital. Mm -hmm, So there's mm -hmm. no interference. It's absolutely clear, beautiful TTC wires. And the thing I thought, I live in York Region, so it's a different Rogers than the Rogers 416. Yes. But I went home and I tested it, and sure enough, it... Rogers 949 in York Region is AM740. Good. So it's everywhere. Good. Which we that like. That means you're going to get more listeners. We like that. Yes, we and like maybe more callers. Everywhere. <laughs> we got a lot, I don't think we have a shortage of callers, but we love <laughs> to have listeners. Okay. We love to have fans because, you know, everybody dabbles in some kind of gardening. Yes. Some kind. Yeah. It might it might just be one little African violet on the kitchen windowsill. But everybody, and if they don't do a little bit of dabbling, they wish they do because there's just a whole creativity nurturing thing that goes with gardening. Yeah, watching it grow and feeling. It's, it's a feeling. It is. It is. Yeah, there's a quality of life thing. And obviously there's really truly the oxygen that plants also give to us as well. That's right. So, uh, so tell me, did you want to... 
sum up your gardening experience in 30 words or less? <laughs> I'm not much of a gardener. No. However, I do a lot of the trimming of the... I have a oh. very huge backyard. Do you? Yeah. So a lot of hedges need trimming and trees. We've got full mature trees mm. in the backyard. And uh, so it takes a lot of time to do that. But I'm not much of a planter flower person. Right. So you're not a little dibbler dabbler kind of person. No, no. You give give you the, the cool tools and you're good to go, it sounds like. My wife, Marilyn, is very, very good with house plants. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she lots, she threatens them. Oh, and that I, seems to work. I, I say that all the time on my show. Yeah, she said, Talk if, to if them. you don't straighten up, yep. we're getting rid of you. You're out of and here. And somehow, <laughs> they, they <listen>. come alive. <laughs> I know, I know. It's the composter for you or, yeah, yeah. sharpen up. Exactly. She's pretty good at it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, so in my family, it's somewhat the same. You know, frankly, my husband doesn't really get into the garden much other than to take people on tours, which always makes me giggle, because he, when he tours people through the garden, of course, he goes, well, these are the blue-flowered plants, and this is the pink-flowered plant. <laughs> and they go, oh, my, you know a lot of names. Yeah, very he goes, scientific. He goes, oh, yeah, I know all the names, and this is the green plant. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he's great when it comes to, like you say, some of the trimming. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the heavy work. I mean, he, he digs holes when I have things to plant or things to move. He's been a big help with a lot of that. Well, that's good. And, of course, he gives me a hard time. Why are we moving things, he says. I thought you knew where things were supposed to go. I thought you were the expert. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then I go, well, the plant didn't read the tag. The plant isn't doing yeah. what it was supposed to do. Do you just move things for the sake of getting him to move it? or? I think he thinks so. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. All right. We're back. We are, and yeah. I think it's time to get to some callers. Let's do that. All right. We've got Joan calling from Port Perry. Joan, are you there? I'm here. Good, Good morning. Morning. Good morning. I was up in Port Perry about two and a half, three weeks ago. What a beautiful town it is. It's a pretty hot town right now. <laughs> it's hot everywhere. <laughs> no. Jump in that lake. All right. You have a question for Charlie. I do. I have um, um, Lily of the Valley that's growing profusely mm -hmm. where I don't want it. Mm -hmm. uh, what can I do? That's a bit of a tough one because there's no question. Lily of the Valley is a happy plant, and it's an invasive plant when yeah. it's happy. I want the answer to this, too, because I have the yeah. same problem. Have you tried digging it out and just had no it success? It got worse. Yeah, it just keeps coming up, right? Yeah. Smothering. <laughs> smothering. B believe it or not, smothering it is probably one of your best ways to get rid of it. And what about when I say smothering, it's... It, it, when Joan, is the lily of the valley growing in amongst other garden plants that you love? Yes, it is now. Oh, yeah, so that is a problem. Mm. All right. I had it first. I planted it under a tree at the front of the place, and it was great. It grew fine, but now it's moved right into my perennial bed, mm -hmm. and it's difficult. I can't pull it out. It's, mm -hmm. The roots go to I don't know where. Kingdom come. Kingdom come. <laughs> Okay, here you know what this is going to be a lot of work, but this if you really want to get rid of it, well, okay. Well, he, I want to get it under control. Sure. Well, option one, if it's still controllable in the sense that it's not tons and tons of it, we've talked about a product on the show before that's made by Scotts, and it's a vinegar-based, non-selective herbicide. Okay. Okay. So on the it's a spray bottle. It says right on it, you know, Scotts EcoSense, and then it'll say, you know, non-selective weed killer. Uh, now, what it will do is it'll kill anything green that it contacts. So, your challenge on a non-windy day uh -huh. is to go outside with this spray. What I would do is I'd take a stiff piece of cardboard or some uh, fairly rigid piece of plastic, uh, you know, like a binder kind of right. thing. Hold that 
behind the lily of the valley that you want to spray so that there's no overspray going beyond spraying things you love and very carefully spray the things you don't love, like the lily of the valley. Right. And this, if it's a sunny day and it's a hot day, this, it works even better, I find. The, the um, weeds or the, the plants you don't want will turn yellow right before your very eyes. Oh, wonderful. They'll just shrivel up and turn yellow. Now, that doesn't mean the root dies. No. The green leaves will turn yellow. The root will often survive, and the plant will grow back. So you may have to spray two or even three times. But if you're very careful and you select and only spray what you want to kill, you may be able to work it out that way and eradicate it from the bed. Otherwise, you're going to have to literally go in there and dig out the things you love, Mm. move them off into a nice shady spot, and then do a complete suffocation of everything that's left behind in that perennial bed. And how do you suffocate that, Charlie? With a a big black plastic tarpaulin right over top with rocks and dirt on top, and you wait at least six to eight weeks and everything bakes below. What about uh, garbage bags? Garbage, garbage bags aren't as effective because the, the trick is you need something where no light and no air can get below. Okay. So, I mean, garbage bags can work. Basically, what I would do is I'd put a lot of newspaper down first, okay. then I'd put garbage bags on top of that, then I'd put soil or rocks on top of that, and yeah. you just want to keep moisture and light, particularly light, from getting underneath, uh-huh. and the plants will not grow. They will bake. And, of course, all the worms and stuff can get out of there because it's hot. They move, Uh but the weeds can't go anywhere and they'll die. But you don't want to do that to the plants you love, so you'd have to remove them first. All right. Now, uh, could I just spray it with street vinegar, or do you have to buy this other stuff? No, the vinegar we use on our French fries is not a very strong concentration. What's the name of this spray? It's, what is the name? I was going to say it's called Weed Be Gone. No, Weed Be Gone is the new product that we use in our lawns. It says, I think it says right on it, um, something about, it, it'll say on it, non-selective weed killer. Non-selective weed killer. And it probably has a picture of, usually this is wor- really good to use on our driveways and patios and oh, places where little, too. Yeah, little weeds come up between the stones. They even have Lily the Valley coming up. There you go. <laughs> and this is perfect for that because we are trying to eliminate everything between the stones. Right. So the little picture, the graphic on the container will have that picture on it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Good luck with that, Joan. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. <laughs> so that was helpful for me. Well, they, good. Yeah. Perfect. So you see why it's one question per caller? Yes. See how one question turns into like a 12-minute conversation? Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I talk too much. Well, you have so much information. Well, I suppose, is. but still. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you're the goddess of the garden. Well, that's it. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> she <Yeah>. says humbly. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> All right, let's see. Do we have time? We'll go see. Let's talk to Brenda. She's calling from Dundas. Hi, Brenda. Nice to hear from you today. You too. Is it nice and hot in Dundas? Oh, it's terrible, yes. It is. Well, just lie down on the floor and right. face a fan. <laughs> in the basement, preferably. In the basement, yeah. Charlie, you... we had a conversation about a year ago about displaced worms. Do you remember the worm lady? <laughs> <laughs> displaced as in finding them out on the driveway and yes. places like that? Yeah, I do. That's me. Okay. Anyway, my worms are doing fine. I'm oh, good. Uh, absolutely. You know me. I, I stop my car and move them off the road. <laughs> my question, Charlie, is about a trillium. Uh-huh. I recently moved house, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the back lawn, which is very small, and in full sun, mm-hmm. there's a trillium. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if I can move it, when I can move it, and can I move it into a shady area? Yes, to all those questions. My suggestion of the time to do that would be early spring when it's just starting to emerge above ground. 
Okay. Okay. Because obviously, right now, you can't even tell where it is unless you've yes, staked I can. it. I had, I had the, the previous owner stake it out for oh, me. Oh, there you go. And it's got like a little cage around a little fence. That's, that's right. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So, all right. So, you know where it is, but it's. Could you move it now? You could move it this fall if you know exactly where it is. I wouldn't move it now. It's a bit hot to be moving anything in the garden. But come August, the rule of thumb when we're transplanting plants in late summer is we try to do our transplanting where there will still be about six weeks of of weather that is mild enough uh, that the plant will be able to start putting some roots down. So, you know, when will our big first hard frost come? You know, in Dundas, who knows? Might be in October sometime. So back it off six weeks from there. You know, late August, anytime, first two weeks of September. Prepare the spot you're going to move it to. Uh, obviously, carefully dig it up. You're going to find just a little clump of, of root, right? It's just going to be a little mass of roots. Mm-hmm. You're going to carry that whole little mass of roots to its new location. Make sure you're planting at the exact same depth that it's growing now. So it's going to disappear below ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I would throw a handful of bone meal into the planting hole okay. when I do that transplanting, just to get the roots growing. That's just an, it'll encourage the phosphorus will encourage root growth. Mm-hmm. Or alternatively, you could use a, a quick start or a transplanter fertilizer. So one or the other. Uh, and the, it's funny we don't often think about how great it can be to garden in the fall. But the soil is nice and warm in the fall compared to the spring, mm-hmm. and plants love to be planted or transplanted in the fall. It's by far their favorite time. How so, about if it's shady? Well, what'll happen is next year when it emerges from below ground, the leaves that emerge next spring will be completely attuned to the environment you've given them. Okay. Right? That's why you wouldn't wait for the leaves to come out in the sun and then try moving it into the shade. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Thank you. You're Sounds very good. welcome. Thank you for Thank calling. You. There you go. You have that problem too, trillium? No, no, I don't have a trillium insight. You said you have a very big yard. We do. Where do you live? We live in Am I allowed to ask? what's called Old Agent Court. Oh, and, that's um, beautiful. The actually. lots were uh, veterans' lots. Yeah. Are you familiar with yes, those? Yes. And uh, so it goes way back. Yeah. 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 So it's like a couple hundred feet deep. It's 250 feet deep. Wow. And behind you, is it another lot or is there a ravine or what's uh, No, there's uh, townhouses, oh. big fence and trees. And so we can't really see the No, townhouses. but that's a deep lot yeah, for sure. Is, yeah. Lucky you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, no kidding. All right. I think we have to go to a break and we'll be right back to talk some more Okay. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. Robbie was just telling me a bit about his, his monster yard in Asian Court. And yes. I, I was just saying that there's a very active Asian Court horticultural society. It was the first hort society I ever did a presentation to, gosh, probably 20 years ago now. Wow. And and it was funny because I was very nervous that these people were going to just blow me away with questions I wouldn't know the answers to. And I very quickly realized that, I mean, ho- typically horticultural societies are hobby gardeners. There's a real uh, differential between neophyte hobby gardeners and experienced hobby yeah, gardeners. But yeah. nevertheless, the questions were, were all great. I mean, they were and it was re- they were a really easy group to talk to. And it was perfect sort of getting broken into the world of garden speaking. But I just remember being incredibly nervous, thinking, oh, my God, there's going to be some, somebody asking me something super nervous and I'm not going to know the answer to it. But no, it was fine. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I didn't realize there was such a huge horticultural society in that area. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. I bet you there's 150 members in that wow. group. There was, anyway. Yeah. And and what the Hort Societies often find is that the 
members are aging mm-hmm. and getting, in some cases, too old to garden or moving away from their homes in yes. with to other you know home situations. And so the Hort Societies tend to be shrinking. So one of the big challenges for the Hort Societies is to be bringing in the youth. Yes. Whether it's the teenage youth or it's the first home to, you know home buyer youth mm-hmm. uh, or a new parent youth, but just trying to get some new fresh blood into the societies because yeah. there's great. It's, it's a social event, but there's huge opportunities for learning and sharing, and as you pointed out, even food sharing. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Your neighbors, you said, grow too much. Yeah, they do, and uh, we get to share that. Isn't that yeah, great? That's nice. That's like plant a row, grow a row. Yeah. That's a, you've heard that's of that? Right. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. So, And that's to, to grow, to donate to the food bank. Yes. But in your case, you probably are the local food bank, well, I guess. Well, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> you can hit me at any time. Yeah. It's, no, I, I think there's enough left for the food bank, too. <laughs> <laughs> really? They yeah. grow that much? Eh? Yeah. Oh, good for them. Well, and this has been a good year. Look at the gorgeous weather we're having oh, I today. Know. A little hot, but that's well, okay. you know, as compared to last summer, this is really summer. Yeah, remember? It yeah. rained and it was mm-hmm. cold. Yeah. This year, I'm, I'm feeling a bit desperate for rain. They keep talking about rain, and I keep looking at the skies and not seeing a lot. So I'm certainly looking forward to some, some serious rain in my Today. garden. Today. Preferably, well, yeah, but it's still only a 40% chance. Oh, I think you're going to get it, I hope my yard's in the right 40, yeah, well, <laughs> as opposed to the you 60. get your husband to move it if it isn't. <laughs> I will. And he'll probably do it. He's such a sweetheart. <laughs> All right. Who have we got on the line right now? Uh, Eva is yes. calling from Innisfil. Good morning, Eva. Oh, did I go to the wrong caller? Aw. That's okay. Eva, are you there? I am here, but I, I guess you can't hear me. Yes, oh, I can yes, now. Can Good now. morning. Good morning. I phoned in last week, and I was worried about my rose bushes. Right. Mm-hmm. regarding the petals are falling off too fast. Mm-hmm. And you were asking me what the name of the rose bush. That's right. And it's Astrid Lindbergh. Oh, I've heard of Astrid Lindbergh. Okay, and so how does the rose look today? It looks okay, but as I said, I took off another one, uh, uh, I think it was Wednesday, and uh, Thursday it was dead. <laughs> So I went back to the place where I bought it, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have any idea what I'm talking about. And then in the meantime, I said, there is a rose bush that looks like mine. And mm-hmm. then he says, yeah, well, that's close enough. And he couldn't answer me why the petals are falling off so fast. In the meantime, he said that his rose bushes are the same. Mm-hmm. That meaning they're the same, that the flowers are not lasting very long. Right. You know what? I'm sure, Eva, this all goes back to the high temperatures we're having. Flowers do not last in the heat. The cooler the weather, the longer the flowers will always last, whether it's spring blooming flowers or inside our home cut flowers. Yeah, even at night, it's not getting cool enough. (laughs) Really, it's hot at night. In the meantime, last year and the year before, we didn't have that good weather, and I have that problem since I bought the rose bush. This rose bush. So that Astrid Lind, Lind, Lindgren? Oh, Lindberg is giving you some... Oh, Lindberg. I thought it was Lindgren. Uh, is giving you some problems. Well, you know what? Let me... Um, now that I've got a name, I will see if I can do some research for you and follow up with you next week. If I can come up with any reason other than temperature for causing the problem. And you've already... We've clarified that this rose is growing in a minimum of six hours of sunlight every day. Oh, yeah. So it's in a nice sunny spot. Yeah. It's getting the backyard. It's uh, full sun for from I would say till from twelve o'clock till I can say six o'clock. Okay, good. So nice hot afternoon sun. Seven o'clock. Yeah. It's in a good, well drained, like a a fertile, well drained soil. It's not a wet, soggy spot, and it's It's, not. It's on the raised 
flower, uh, raised uh, flower bed. Oh, it is. Okay, so it is a raised bed that it's in. What else is in that raised bed with it? Oh, different kind of uh, greens, uh, green plants, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they're opening up in different times. And every, every one of them is beautiful okay, and flowering. So they're, so they're all looking good and healthy. Yeah. And do you have an irrigation system or do you water by hand? No, I'm watered by the hose. By the hose. And you make sure that you do your watering early in the day so that the plants are nice and dry before the sun goes down? Either that or I water it in the afternoon after the, it's in the shade. Because okay. I, I learned that if I water it on the sun, then it burns it. You can, yes. All right, so main thing is um, we always try, if possible, you know, it's hard with our busy lifestyles, but if possible, do our watering early enough in the day so that the leaves and the flowers and everything is nice and dry before mm-hmm. the sun goes down. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. to avoid fungal diseases and any kind of uh, um, problems with So with early morning would be best, wouldn't it? By far, yeah. if you can. Well, yeah. well, if you do it early in the morning, it's still wet from the, um, the mist. The dew. Yeah. That's right, which is fine, but that's really superficial. When you're not sure how much to water, whether plants really need water, because you're right, the surface of the soil looks moist, grab a little trowel or dig with your fingers and just go down an inch, even two inches into the soil and see what it looks like down there. If it's nice and dark and moist, then mm-hmm. you're right, you probably don't need to water at all that's right. that day at all. And I usually water it every second day. Yeah, I was going to say, try and avoid watering every day, and even every second day is if the plants are established, meaning yeah. they've been in the garden for a number of years, they shouldn't need to be watered more than every three or four, even five days. Yes. So we water rarely, but we water deeply. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I'll see if I can find anything else about that Astrid Lindbergh for you, why its petals are dropping so fast. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank for you, your call, Eva. Eva. Yeah. I'll do some research on that Astrid Lindbergh. Will too. you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Because you'll be here next week. I will be. That's right. Next week's going to be interesting because you're here and... Dennis Flanagan is joining us as yes, well. Yeah. You haven't met Dennis. He uh, works with Landscape Ontario, and he was my co-host on a TV show we had on Home and Garden Television. We co-hosted a show called One Garden, Two Looks. Oh, yes. So he did one look, and I did the other look, and we fought it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be fighting it out here next week. Exactly. Well, Every good. time somebody calls, we'll probably have totally different answers to I their bet questions. I will, yeah. <laughs> totally confuse the callers. <laughs> and that'll be fine. All right, who's up next? Looks like we've got Gloria. Gloria. Gloria, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. You're from Curtis? Yeah. Is that near Oshawa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know where you are. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Okay, what's your question for Charlie? Uh, about five weeks ago, I bought three young weeping mulberry trees, mm-hmm. and I planted them right away. And um, now the trees are coming along good, and there's new growth. But something's eating the leaves, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do for them. Right. So, uh, so have you, do you see any evidence of insects? I don't see any on them, okay. but they're, some of the leaves even have like a brown on them, but they've been eaten. Mm. So around the edges, they're all looking kind of chewed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you say they're young, weeping mulberries. How tall are they? Um... Maybe four feet. Okay. And the the branches that are weeping down, are they weeping right down to ground level or not? They're still a couple feet off the ground. No, they're still off the ground. Okay. Um, probably what is happening... Okay, a couple of things to always remember. When they're brand new plants, 
You've planted them. You're watering, obviously, in all this heat. You're... Every day, faithfully. Yeah, I was going to say you might have to, though, I, again, I hate to recommend every day, but sometimes you, you just have to. That's just, just that hot yeah. or that windy because the wind will really dry out and desiccate the plants as well. Yeah. When we get some leaf damage, when like it's one thing to have a few little nibbles, uh, some insect strolling through, a little bit hungry, takes a few chomps out of the leaves and moves on. No big deal, right? Yeah. Leaves are, are very um, ephemeral. Mm-hmm. The, the leaves that are there this year will not be there next year. You know what I mean? So oh. we always think about bark. We always think about stems. We want that clean and clear and fresh and undamaged. Mm-hmm. But like I say, a few leaves getting chewed, no big deal. Unless, of course, it's spinach or, or lettuce that we're growing, and then we really care because yeah. that's what we're growing it for. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't see any evidence of any insects and you've looked really closely... I typically will first suspect something, particularly when it comes to weeping mulberries, like earwigs. Because earwigs will chew on just about anything. They oh, do yeah. all their chewing at night, so we never see them during the day. They hide out. Yeah. They love things like weeping mulberries because they can hide up in a crown there, tucked in amongst all the little stems, and it's nice and dark and safe. Oh. And then as soon as the sun goes down, they emerge and chew on a few more leaves. Mm-hmm. They will not kill the plant. Uh, unless for some reason something is chewing to such an extent that you kind of wake up one day and 25% of the leaves have been chewed away, then we get worried. But a few little holes here and there, no big deal. So just keep your eyes peeled for any insects. If you want to just um, do something because it's bothering you, these are so young and you love them, Mm -hmm. um, a soap spray. Soap? Yep, insecticidal soap. You can buy it already pre-mixed for you, or you can make your own mixture uh, it is not detergent we're talking about here. It is soap, so like a, a dish soap mm-hmm. mixed one teaspoon of soap to 40 teaspoons of water, so 40 to 1 ratio, oh, okay. and sprayed very thoroughly, not in the heat of the day, not in the sun. This is either early morning or late in the afternoon. We can oh, spray okay. with soap sprays when there's no sun on the plants. And soap will not just clean the plants and clean any insects, but it will also suffocate the insects. Oh, good. Okay. So if there's insects in there, you know, tucked in amongst the leaves, and you can actually thoroughly coat their bodies with the soap spray, you can annihilate them. Oh, good. Okay. And do you think they'll be okay for next year? Yes, I think so. Call me if there's any issues as the summer goes on, but remember as well that, like, these leaves are going to turn yellow and drop off. Next year, it's a whole new crop of leaves. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. Thank you. I know. Bye-bye. I'm learning so much today. Are you? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I like that. I do too. I don't see you taking notes. Well, I'm I'm putting it all up here. Because there will my be my hard test. drive. <laughs> <laughs> and you can always replay. You can oh, find yes. things. Yeah, I can find. Good things. for you. I yeah. always think of it as a filing cabinet in my brain. Little drawers. I put things away in drawers. Sometimes those drawers won't open though. I've noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes they get full. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and then you have to throw some stuff out in order to be able to put new stuff in. Yeah, which yeah. is difficult. It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we have somebody <laughs> whose lilies have stopped blooming, All and right. that can be painful. Oh, gosh, no kidding. <laughs> it's Joy from Alliston. Good morning. Good morning. What's uh, going on? lilies have stopped blooming. It's just the end of the season. Yes. And, of course, we have those bugs, like ladybugs, uh, at, that have been chewing away at the leaves and uh, have left a terrible-looking stem mm-hmm. with leaves decimated and all the... Um, excrement that has been left. Can I cut that down now? Okay, you actually, you bring up a great question. So 
First of all, let's be absolutely clear. We're talking about real lilies here. We're not talking about day lilies. We're talking Asia. about lilies, Asiatic lilies or Oriental lilies. They're, uh, the fa- their actual genus is lilium. Yes. They grow from bulbs. That's right. If, <clears throat> if you cut off what looks the gnarly looking stem, I know it looks really horrific right now. Mm-hmm. If you cut that down now, you have to realize that you will take away the plant's ability to fatten up the bulb for next year. which is what that green stem and those green leaves are trying to do right now. They're trying to photosynthesize, absorb energy, convert it into carbohydrates, and be ready to go for next spring. With the bugs, there's not much left to nourish anything. I know. And and you you mentioned that you thought they looked a bit like ladybugs. They're actually called lily leaf beetles. Mm -hmm. They are bright red, no spots like the ladybugs. Bright red. They are horrible, horrible little beasties. Uh, They have... spent a lot of time every day, two or three times a day, crushing them, and mm. were, and consequently had a beautiful display of lilies. Wow, but, good for you. Uh, now I want to get rid of the mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and even when you refer to the excrement, like the blobs of excrement on yes. the plants, yes. if you were willing to do this and you wanted to poke through that excrement, what you would find is there are larvae inside underneath the excrement. Mm-hmm. They coat their little bodies with that to protect themselves from people like you and from birds. Mm. That's, what, that's part of their camouflage. Mm. So underneath those blobs of excrement are little larvae who are merrily chewing away and very quickly going to turn into the adult form, which is that bright red beetle. That's so. why I like to cut the stems down because I also have been working with that mm-hmm. lucky stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I just wonder, yeah. I guess the only damage I'm doing is the nourishment to the bulb. Which is going to have impact on next year's growth. Mm-hmm. Have you tried, you mentioned you were picking off the insects. Have you tried any sprays at all? Like, have you tried neem oil at all? Uh, no, I haven't tried anything. I was told that sprays nothing worked, right. so I just went out by hand. Yep, good for you. Yeah, I'm retired, so have the time. Yeah, okay, well, I'd say you've got two options here. One is do what you want to do, like which is to get rid of that ugly mess. Cut it all down. <clears throat> Remember, you want to not put those chunks of lily stem into the composter because you don't want to keep those insects on the property. You really want to bag those up into green garbage bags and get them right off the property. Uh, so that's an option. And then cross your fingers and hope that next year the bulbs will still have enough energy to, to emerge again. Right. The other option would be to get a hold of something called neem oil, which is N-E-E-M. Uh, it isn't sold as an insecticide as far as I know. It's only sold as a, a plant shine because it doesn't have registration as an insecticide. But I have heard that mixed with water, it is one of the very few insecticides or, or you know, insect control measures that can knock the lily leaf beetles right down. So might be worth a try if you want to try that or, or do what your heart is telling you, which is just don't, you know, just stop looking at that mess and just cut them down. But it's a tough one. It's really a tough one. I'm, I'm afraid the lilies really won't be much next year unless they can do some kind of fattening up this year. Yes. Mm. And the neem oil can be purchased at a... At yeah. any good garden center. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. I'll try that. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Joy. Good luck with that. Have a good weekend. Thanks. I know. I hate the sad stories. Yeah. And she's been working hard picking those little beetles off by hand. Oh, That's a lot of work. Oh, and you know what's the worst thing? Like, like Joy didn't even tell us, but you, you look at the plant and the, the bugs are very obvious because they are bright red. I mm-hmm. mean, they're blazing red. And you can see 40 of them all on one plant. Yeah. So you reach over and you grab one 
And as soon as you grab the one, all 39 who are still left behind abandon ship, drop to the ground upside down with their little red backs down on the ground and their little brown bellies facing up. They're smart. And you know, you can't see them yeah. because now they're completely brown bellies on brown soil. Yeah. And there's your frustration. You got one, but 39 just got away. Yeah. So one of the things I always suggest is grab some newspaper or an old towel or a sheet or something, lay that on the ground around the lilies. And then when you pick off one and the other 39 drop, you can still see them. Yeah. And then you can quickly grab them and squish them. But that neem oil, you just spray the... Yeah, it's an oil-water mix and it's, um, yeah, I've heard it can be be quite effective. I don't know about getting through the excrement, but certainly it can be effective on the adults if you can get a whole, you know, get them before they fly away. All right, I think we've got a break coming up and we'll take some more callers. All righty. Charlie. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. We are back with Charlie Dobbin, and uh, we are taking callers and, and questions. Lane. Yes, I'm here too. Yeah, new voice, yeah. the new suit. Well, Frank, under Frank is chef. away. <laughs> That's right. Frank is away. Holiday guy. Yeah, he is. I'm jealous. Yeah. He, he gets nice two plan. weeks. I know. What's that all about? I don't know. We're going to have to talk to the boss. I know. He's got something going on there, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Dorothy is on the line. Good morning, Dorothy. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Dorothy. Uh, when I bought my house, there was a lovely mock orange bush facing north. Mm-hmm. And then it had lovely blossoms, and I could smell the orange right through the windows. Mm-hmm. Okay, the house next door to me had some alterations, and it didn't get the sun. Mm. So after I found out a couple, for a couple of years that it wasn't growing and the blossoms weren't there, I moved it to the backyard where now it gets sun about eight hours a day. Mm. This year, it's really grown. It's about three feet wide, maybe four or five feet tall now, but no blossoms. No yeah. blossoms this year at all. Or last year. Okay. Now, have you done any pruning on this plant no, at all? No, but I have to now because it's so big. Okay. So here's my suggestion. Do your pruning today. Today. <laughs> Actually, should have done it a couple of weeks ago. Remember that the rule of thumb with flowering shrubs, if we want to maximize the flowers for next year, we do our pruning right after they flower. Mock orange bloomed a bit early this year. It should actually be blooming right about now, but it bloomed about three weeks ago because everything's ahead with such an early spring. And um, so, yes, if you can prune it today, then new growth will, you know, push out on it. And that's where the flowers will be next June or July. Yeah, but how, how much do I take off? Well, it's up to you. When you said you have to prune it, that's just because of what it looks like or because it's starting to interfere with other plants? Well, it's a tree beside it, yeah. and uh, another cedar bush that blew, the seeds blew from someplace else, because mm-hmm. I never planted it. And um, so I just, I don't know how much to take off. That's it, a foot? Ah, uh, you could. You could take as much as a foot. And for this first go-around, I'd give it what I call a haircut. Just give it a trim all the way around. Yeah. So, and then do I water it? Uh, it, you, have you had any rain in the last week at your place? Well, this is Toronto. I know. And we're supposed to get a thunderstorm this afternoon, but we we didn't get as much the, as they said they were going to, or at least I did. No, the other night? Did you get a little tiny bit the other night? 
I don't think so. I never heard mm. anything. I heard like five raindrops hit the ground yeah. Yeah, two nights ago it. at my house. That's right. That yeah. was it. Not enough yeah. to do any no. good. Made no difference whatsoever. So, all right. Um, yes, we are at that point. Uh, there aren't any water restrictions as far as I know or... Um, for sure, actually, in my York region, we have always certain water restrictions, time of day and day of the week that we're allowed to water, but certainly do water. Uh, water all your plants, even what, particularly ones that have been recently moved or transplanted. Uh, so, yes, pruning, good idea, and watering at the same time, again, good idea. Water, like, rarely but deeply, okay? Get your sprinkler out, leave it for two or three hours if necessary. Put out a, an empty tuna fish can. Make sure you're watering at least one inch of water. That much? Yipper. Oh, because I haven't used my underground watering this oh. year because of all the rain. Right, okay. So you've had it to set to the rain setting or to off? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a thought. Has it, is it ready to go? Is it all set up for you this spring? Well, yeah, because they cleaned it out yeah. last fall. I haven't had it on yet. Okay, well, then you know what? Typically, we'll... The guys who blew all the lines for you, they usually will come and and turn it all back on for you. Um, I know some horror stories where homeowners have turned it on themselves yeah. and there's been a broken line and they didn't realize it and they've cranked on the water and then all of a sudden they ended up with like a borehole in the middle of their front lawn where water, high pressure water came out and, um, you know, uh, nobody kind of noticed for an hour or so. <laughs> Suddenly they had a swimming pool in their front lawn that wasn't there an hour ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you're thinking about turning on that in-ground system, d- double check what your deal is with the guys who help maintain it for you. Yeah. Uh, double check that part of their job isn't to come and turn it on for you in the spring. Yeah. And yes, I'd get it going. Yeah, okay. Okay. Thank you very so much. Enjoy, Dorothy. Thank you, Dorothy. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Um, just before we go to any more callers, yes. uh, it's so cute. I do get um, messages from mm-hmm. people who want to keep me in the in the loop and make sure all, all of our listeners and keen gardeners are in the loop so as well. So you've got the latest update. I do. Uh, Rosemary Dobson, who many people will know who are listening, and of course, Rosemary might be listening as well, and if so, hey there. Uh, she sent me one of those you know, 6 a.m. emails Don't forget to announce this on your show. All right, so today and tomorrow at the Royal Botanical Gardens in Hamilton, the Ontario Regional Lily Society show is happening. Now, this, going back to our caller from Alliston, Joy might want to jump in her car and take a drive down just because she's so unhappy with what happened to her lilies. And I bet you there's a lot of lily experts that will be on site, and they may even have some good suggestions on that silly lily leaf beetle on what to do. Uh, So today, all all day from 1.30 till 5, tomorrow from 11 till 3 p.m. It's open to the public. Go and see some amazing lily stems, right? These, this is a show. So these have, there's a judged show. There will be lilies like you've never seen before, colors, fragrances, shapes, and sizes. At the end of the show, all the stems are sold. Oh. It's part of the fundraising for the for the Lily Society. So also a neat way. And lilies are long-lasting cut flowers. Mm-hmm. So a nice one to bring home, perhaps. There is a design section that needs to be seen to be believed, because if you're into floral design whatsoever, you will see some pretty wacky things that they do with flowers. <laughs> uh, and so do, if you're in the Hamilton area, or if you can get down to the Royal Botanical Gardens, which is really Burlington, uh, enjoy that, because that's certainly worth, uh, worth seeing, and particularly if you're a, a lily lover. And um, any lilies at your house? No. No? You no, know but, that for a fact? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, just thought I'd ask. 
<laughs> so therefore, no lily beetles. I guess not. Yeah. But they do uh, also go for lily of the valley. Oh. And they go on something called fritillaria. And that's what's my... I gave up on lilies a couple of years ago because I just couldn't deal with these beetles. But I love fritillaria, which is also a bulb. Grows in the spring. The ones I love are the little woodland ones. You would love them at your place because you probably have some real nice woodland yeah. opportunities with trees and transition areas between sun and shade. And these little... Um, it's like a little bell that you know grows up out of the ground with little tiny green leaves and then this bell-shaped flower. And the flowers are checkered. Well, they come in all different colors, but there's purple and white checkers, oh. some of them. And so they're just really pretty and they're small and they've just got that real nice little woodland sort of elfish feel to them until the lily leaf beetles get a hold of them yeah. and they chew them all down. Uh, more commonly grown is a fritillary, which is a big tall one called imperialis, bright orange or bright yellow, and they stink. Eh? The, the bulbs <laughs> really stink. So people use them when they have squirrel problems. Yes. And yeah. the, if you plant fritillaria near and around like the, the Fritillaria imperialis, near and around your tulips, for example, the squirrels get all confused, which is which, <laughs> and they don't want to dig because it stinks, the smell of the Fritillaria. It smells like a skunk, eh? And so they start digging and go, oh, I'm out of here, and run away and never actually redesign your garden for Squirrels you. aren't too bright. Well, they're so inbred. That's my feeling. They're yeah, just, that's what it is. It's, they just have real problems with yeah. uh, inbreeding. Yeah, that incest, that family stuff <laughs> that goes on. That's right. <laughs> We're going to take a little break and come back with some more callers right after this. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. Well, good morning. Robbie Lane sitting in for Frank Proctor here with Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show. And uh, we've had some good callers today. And so I've learned, as I said, quite a bit. Well, that's good. And yes, as I uh, pointed out to you, there will be a test later. I, yeah, so. I'm sure there will be with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was just asking uh, Robbie about his sports, whether he plays any hockey or anything. You're a big guy. You look like you'd be... People would want you on their team. No, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I do swim, though. Yeah, you I, do. Yeah, I really like swimming. And so you go like every day? No, not every day. Lately, uh, other things get in the way, sure. but I try Life. and go two or three times a week. Really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you just go do lengths? Yep. That's in the right. morning? Yep. Early in the morning. Like how many lengths? Like 50 lengths? 100 lengths? 25 to 30. Yeah. Yeah. yeah depending on how energetic yeah, I am. Yeah, you are feeling, feeling yeah. in the morning. I hate getting wet in the morning. Do you? I don't know. I have this fear of water in the morning. It's just I can't even get in the shower without a cup of coffee in my hand. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know. Sorry, that was more more information that I needed <laughs> yes. to share. Obviously, I'm learning but, yeah, really a lot. Yes. But I love swimming as well. But yeah. later in the day, yes. no, no yeah. I'm not a good big early one. So the reason I was asking you about sports is because I was just wondering, you know, if you were out there doing things that might make you feel stiff and sore and and wishing that you weren't getting older. Yeah, my shoulders get sore Do after they? swimming, oh, the day after. yeah, yeah. yeah. And because you're doing the yeah. crawl or mm-hmm. the, the, whatever it's called, freestyle. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, Sierra Sil, hate to uh, keep bringing this up, but it is just a, a great product that through all kinds of evidence, including American patent and professional athletes taking this all over the world, actually. It is a product that comes out of Vancouver, so it's best known on the West Coast, uh, but we are slowly introducing it into the Ontario market and getting some really good uh, customer uh, response to feeling it really works for them, takes so out that, a lot of that sore stiffness. That might help me. Exactly. It's available at health food stores, Ambrosia, The Big Carrot, uh, here in Toronto. It's also available through the web, sierrasil.com, or via the telephone, one joint 14 
just in case you're interested. I think I am. And if we have, I think we have about a minute, we could probably fit in one more caller. Depends okay. how long this caller takes, I guess, but I have been chatting quite a lot, haven't I? Well, there's been a lot of good questions, so, and you're passionate. I am. Yeah. You've noticed. <laughs> I did, yes. Yes, I did. All right. I think we've got Val on the line calling from Guildwood. Good morning, Val. Yes, good morning. Thank you for calling. What's your question for Charlie? Yeah, my question is I have this mature, what we used to refer to as a cut-leaf maple, Charlie. I don't know whether they still use that term for a maple tree, but um, I'm wondering if I'm going to lose it because the leaves are falling and they have a very ugly, strange-looking blight on them. Now, these are, this is not an insect. This is a blight, all little um, bumps, dark uh-huh. black and yellow and... Very, I've shown them leaves to people and they say, ooh, <laughs> and they back away from me. Oh, yeah, exactly. They think this is like leprosy or something. Yeah. Okay, but just to be clear, what you're calling, a, is it cup, cut, C-U-T? Cut, cut leaf maple. They used to, it's a maple tree, but it's not the broad leaf. Right, know? but it's a big, huge tree. It's like 150 feet tall. Yes. Okay, so it's a silver maple. It's got a really shaggy bark. Yes. All right. Yes, yeah. Very. So silver maple. All right, so you know what you've got on the, the leaves? They're little insects that, oh. that the leaf has responded by growing around the insect. Oh, I so see. the leaves look like they have warts or pimples or yes. a very bad case of serious acne. Yes. All these little bumps and protuberances all over the leaves. Right. If the insect infestation is high enough, yes. then the number of pimples or protuberances is so high, yes. the plant will shed the leaves. I see. Um, but in the case of... Um, I wouldn't be overly concerned. This will not kill the plant. No. Uh, as, as long as it isn't doing a complete defoliation, I would not be concerned at all. Oh. Ah, 5%, 10% of leaves, no big deal. No big deal. We get up to 50, 60% of leaves, I'd start being worried. Okay, maybe okay. the city will come down and take it down because they, you know, if it's something they don't want it to spread or something. No, it's a very common insect. Uh, It's actually, we're seeing it on all kinds of maples this year. And it's usually because the trees, the leaves are up so high, you don't see it, right? But it's when the leaves drop early and you look at one like you've done, you go, oh my God, what's on this? And Val, the city doesn't like taking trees down anyway. I know they don't. No, No, they don't want to take it down. I just want to scare them. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you could do that will help though? This is obviously a city tree out on your boulevard or, or towards the road somewhere. Yes, it's down on the, the lawn in the front by the, pull, by, the, by the pavement. Yeah, pull out a hose, yes. put the hose on a really, really, really slow trickle, yes. or even better yet, get a soaker hose, okay. and proceed to water that tree very slowly and very deeply. Okay. So it's not a case of putting out the sprinkler for an hour and thinking you're watering the tree, because no. that will do a nice job on the grass or the garden, but it won't get down to the tree. Right. What you need is a multi-hour, very slow trickle from the hose, right. where you move Move the hose every couple of hours around. Remember the what we call the drip line of the tree. So yes. it's it's way far from the stem. If it's yes. a big old tree, it might yes. be ten feet away from the stem. But you'll just move the hose along every couple of hours. Just let the water slowly percolate down through and the what grass. Will, what will that do? That will deep deep water mm-hmm. get getting some water down to those roots. It's you know. We don't see trees suffering in droughts in hot, hot conditions. But they do. They do. And when we see the damage, it's too late. Like three or four or five years from now, when that tree is suddenly very unhealthy, it's like, oh, remember the drought of 2010? That's probably when it happened. So everybody needs to be aware of that with trees. Trees aren't like tomatoes. They're going to wilt right before your eyes. All that wilting takes place over a period of years. So recognize the importance of deep root watering watering. if we don't get some some rain pretty quick. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It makes a lot of sense. It sure does. I never thought about trees in that way, but... uh... 
Well, particularly when they're out in stressful situations, yeah. near the road, yeah. okay? So they've got all that heat coming off of yep. the pavement and the curbs and the sidewalks. They've got less root uh, exposure to the rain. I mean, in your situation where you're talking a big, long, deep backyard where there's all roots and tree canopy all mixed in, there's, they're shading each other. There's a nice probably leaf mulch at the base holding moisture. Mm-hmm. But you get out near the road there where we so carefully rake everything and we, yeah. with, you know, that, that uh, scorched earth policy that we tend to use in our, <laughs> in our gardens uh, yes. in the fall. And then we throw a little salt all around these trees all winter and expect them to be happy in the spring to have all the salt build up around their roots. So we really stress them a lot at soil level. And then think of the, the air pollution, et cetera, which does its own thing to yeah. them. Yeah, and being that close to the road, it would get even more air pollution. That's right. Yeah. And silver maples were a street tree that was planted extensively in Toronto 75 years ago. Yeah. They have slowly but surely, these plants, big trees have all been dying. Yeah. And there's been one of the big things is they were not replaced in the last 25 years, so there's kind of a frantic thing about replacing and getting ready to maintain the canopy. The silver maples do not like the the latest conditions we're throwing at them, whether it be air or soil. So it's sort of a sad, well, that's a shame. sad story. But yeah. do what you can to plant trees or maintain them at least. Which yeah, is, that, I have doing been fighting house. for my tree, my big tree, for years now. Aww. I had to have it cabled oh, to keep it from splitting down wow. the middle. It's been, uh, but it's been, it's a beautiful tree. It's we worth it. Want, yeah, we want to see it stay. Good for you. Well, well thank you so well, much, Robbie. You. Did that go fast? It did go fast. I know. I and know. I'm going to be waiting for next week as oh, I get to excellent. sit beside you again. And you're going to be also carrying on here for the next couple hours, continuing I to fill in be. for free. Live in the city. Nice. Yeah. That's going to be fun. You got some fun. good stuff coming? I do. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. You and too. I will see you next week. And thank you so much for all your help. Thank you, Gracie. Thanks to all our great callers. Yes. And we'll see everybody next week. All right. Take care. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.